Welcome to Political Beatdown. I'm Ben Micellis, joined by our fabulous co-host, Michael Cohen. Cohen, we've got a lot to discuss. There was oral argument before the United States Supreme Court earlier today in the 14th Amendment Section 3 disqualification case. You have Justice Arthur Ngoron sent a scathing letter to Donald Trump's lawyers in the New York Attorney General civil fraud case. And we just got a special counsel uh, report uh, finding that there was no criminal conduct committed by uh, President Biden, but saying a number of other things that I think uh, are uh, disparaging. But I want to, we don't shy away from topics here. We address things here on political beatdown. And then uh, we should also talk about how the uh, MAGA Republicans in Congress have killed a bipartisan Senate uh, border deal, the toughest border deal. Republicans have been asking for this. Democrats said, okay, we'll give you what you want. And then Donald Trump said, don't do it. I want to want and complain about the border. I want there to be a bad situation at the border. So even though one of the most conservative uh, senators, uh, James Langford from Oklahoma, was the lead negotiator. He wrote it. He wrote it. They got everything that they ever wanted. The person who's supposed to be the toughest on the border wrote the thing. Democrats agreed. And then MAGA Republicans killed that bill. Um, I guess, Fortunately, you had about 17 Republicans at least agree to the funding portion for Ukraine. And now that's going through, uh, working its way through the Senate, but the border deal is killed. So w- where do we start, Michael Cohen? I think we start with the letter from Justice and Gorham, but good to good to see you. Yeah, the same. And to see all of our brigaders. Um, Cliff Robert. What to say about Cliff Roberts? Salty, if you have that photo there, uh, just an absolute pathetic. He's the one, obviously, on the right. You know, all, you know, just a pathetic loser for a lawyer that's trying to blow smoke up Trump's ass. But what? Well, my understanding is he's been paid like close to $5 million. He puts out a letter. To Judge Ngoron the other day, attacking Ngoron as being a partial judge, as not allowing them to get their evidence, rehashing everything that has already been discussed again and again and again and again. Attack that you. has been refuted. And attack then, you. on top of that, this little dipshit, of course, just like Baba Baba Badaba Shmaba had to do they go running out right to the you know right to the uh to the press and he has to include my name in this specific document now what is this document really all about it's all about the news that we discussed with you last time about Alan Weisselberg acknowledging that he lied under oath caught committing perjury and pleading guilty to the perjury charge. So for whatever reason, this guy Cliff Robert decides he has to now attack me as well. Well, and Goron was going to have none of that shit. In fact, he turns around and salty if you have it. It's the very last paragraph of what is now a filed document. And it turns around and it says, let me just pull this up where I can actually read it. It's a little small there for me. But I'll read it for you. It turns Your invocation of Michael Cohen's testimony and veracity is completely out of bounds. You have already submitted your post-trial briefs and made your final arguments. I am not reopening the case, but if someone pleads guilty to committing perjury in a case over which I am presiding, I want to know about it. And Cohen, this was started when there was a a news article in the New York Times about whether Weisselberg may be negotiating. He hasn't pled guilty to the perjury charge yet. And so Justice Ngoron just wanted to ask the parties and the lawyers representing Weisselberg, hey, did this guy lie in my court? And that was met with a response by Alina Haba as well as Cliff Robert. And a lot of this is now... Um, the big topic simply 
because Judge Ngoron, who had promised us a decision by the end of um, the month of January last week, and we still have not received that decision. The reason we haven't is because he has to take everything into account. You know, if you perjure yourself um, and that information is relevant to the case, as is the case here um, for the hush money payments, as well as uh, the valuations of the statement of financial condition, well, that's something that Ngoron wants to take into consideration. Again, it's something that he responds to Cliff Robert and, and says so. It's, my, it's his obligation as a judge to be the trier of all the facts. And if there are facts that are given to him that are lies, well, he has to know about that, especially before he remand, you know, before he come, uh, he yeah, reaches the provide, he, yeah, he reaches his decision. And um, that's really where it stands. But this could not stand with the likes of Cliff Robert, uh, you know, or um, Chris Kyes or Alina Haba. No, 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 no. They, they have to actually go out of their way. I truly believe that if Angoron was a stricter judge, that he would 100% sanction Cliff Robert or all three of them, if in fact they were all involved in the drafting of uh, the Cliff Robert document. They should all be, they should all be sanctioned for you know, their look, misconduct. Um, you know, strict sometimes uh, looks different. You know, just because Angoron may not be a yeller, just because Angoron may not have the look of a tough person, doesn't mean that we're about to see one of the most scathing final verdicts. It also doesn't mean that Angoron uh, has not been tough in the past. Remember, Ngoron, before the New York Attorney General civil fraud case was even filed at an investigatory stage, was someone who helped Donald Trump in contempt and sanctioned him like $10,000 a day until the issues uh, relating to the contempt were fixed. So Ngoron does drop the hammer. And I just think that the way Ngoron has been positioning this has actually been very tactful and in many ways kind of setting a trap if Donald Trump's lawyers violate their ethical responsibilities under the New York Code of Professional Conduct, Rule 3.3, Sub A, Sub 3. And so here's the sequence, Cohen, right? We get an email Monday from Justice Arthur and Goron to all of the lawyers for the parties in the civil fraud case. And he says, look, as you're aware, in an article February 1, 2024, online edition of the New York Times, there was this article about the defendant in this action, Alan Weisselberg, negotiating a deal with Manhattan prosecutors that would require him to plead guilty to perjury. What's more, he would have to admit he lied on the witness stand in the case pending before me and during a pretrial interview. And then in Goron says, Please let me know, consistent with your ethical obligations, hint, 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 what is it that you know? And the ethical obligations in New York are set forth in Rule 3.3A3, which provides that if a lawyer's client offered material evidence and the lawyer comes to know of its falsity, the lawyer shall take reasonable remedial measures, including, if necessary, disclosure to the tribunal. So in response to his Monday, February 5th, 2024 uh, email, the lawyers responded for Trump and they said, we're just the civil lawyers. We may represent Weisselberg, but we don't know anything here. We were, and you know what, Judge? How dare you even mention? Yep. They yelled at the, they attacked the judge. How dare you even mention this New York Times article? What are you going to do, Judge? Are you going to take judicial notice of it and try to bring this in as evidence? 
that would be holy and proper, Judge, just like your other conduct. They went and they attacked Justice and Goran, who just wanted to know, hey, is this true? Because this happened in my courtroom and I'm on notice. My ethics require me to say, did someone commit a crime in before fact, me? In fact, the lawyers, assuming that they had notice of this as well, even if it would violate confidentiality, they are obligated within which to notify the tribunal. That's their ethical obligation. You cannot, you know, you cannot withhold that information from the court. Yeah. Uh, it's a sanctionable, um, you know, event. The one thing that I actually enjoy, Ben, just to bring this thing to a little bit of a close here on political beatdown, is that not everybody that is joining us each and every episode are diehard Democrats or Democrats at all. Many come on to troll. And my hope is that while you're trolling, you're at least listening and that maybe you'll learn something today. There was a guy, Isaac Kay, one of the trolls that's running around here. He'd made a comment that Cohen lied and that everything that I said should be you know, it, it should be ignored uh, and that I, I can't be a positive witness and so on. The problem with comments like that is what they're doing is they're carrying the MAGA line of horseshit. And it's a MAGA line of horseshit because you don't even know what the lie that you're referring to is. So let me educate you so that you understand how the process works. First of all, what the lie that they're trying to claim that I said at the time of the New York Attorney General civil trial was that I had lied to Judge Pauly. He was the sentencing judge. He was the judge in the case. And I did. However, what they failed to do is to expand upon my answer so that they can get the complete picture. The lie was that I had pled guilty to tax evasion when I, I consistently, even in the pre-sentencing report, denied that there's tax evasion. I have never failed to pay taxes on time. I've never asked for an extension. I have no cash. It's not overseas business, no overseas nominee, no fake invoices, nothing like that. I never in my life, I paid over four and a half, close to plus million dollars during that time period. I had a CPA who told me what to pay when I was making a lot of money. All right. And he made a mistake. He absolutely made a mistake. I didn't do my own taxes. I paid a CPA. I relied upon what he told me to pay. To, to, uh, to pay. I gave him access to my bank account and he paid it. The reason that I accepted the plea is because in 48 hours from the first time I was notified, and it's all written in my book, Revenge, with clarity, the first time that I was ever notified was a Friday night at 5.30 that if I didn't come in and plead guilty on Monday at 9 a.m., over a weekend, 48 hours, they were filing an 80-page indictment. And I'm referring to the Southern District of New York prosecutors, Tom McKay, Nick Roos, Andrea Griswold, and others, that they were going to file an 80-page indictment that would include my wife. What to do? So I turned around and said, fuck it. Okay. And so I was told how to plead when the judge asked me questions. And so I did. It's not relevant to the four corners of the complaint of either the New York Attorney General or the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. Plain and simple. So let's use Trump accordion hands. Plain and simple. So that my MAGA friend over there could understand, all right? Plain and simple. The lie is irrelevant to the case, all right? What did I do? I took a plea, period, end of story. So please understand the facts. And yes, when I lied to Congress, I lied about the number of times I claimed to have spoken to Trump about a failed Trump Tower Moscow project. Trump wanted me to say three because it was a de minimis number when, in fact, the real number was 10. I should have just stuck with 10, but I was like, don't do it. Not only by Jay Sekulow, by Ivanka, by Jared, by Alan Garten, by Ty Cobb, by Abby Lowell, all of them. 
chimed in on the preparation of that document. I am the dumb one. I'm the one who read it into the record. And so I took that as a plea. Is it relevant to Donald Trump's statement of financial condition? No. No, it's not. And they're not going to be able to impeach my credibility off of those two issues. That I can assure you. So my MAGA friend, please understand that's how it works. You know, you made a comment before about, you know, it's everybody a a diehard, you know, you know, Democrat. And I think in the last show, too, you said, you know, hey, wouldn't it be great if, um, you know, uh, whether it was, you know, the Democratic Party or whatever, you know, you know, worked with Midas. And, you know, what I had said to you at that time, Cohen, and, and, and my whole perspective here, too, on, you know, you know, are you a diehard Democrat or whatever? We see with the negotiation of a bipartisan border deal that these labels really don't, they don't, they just, they don't move me because the moment the Democratic Party started or starts praising it, but they're not going to, but starts praising insurrectionists, starts undermining our democracy, starts supporting people like Donald Trump. There's no allegiance. There's no loyalty to me. Go, oh, I, I must support people who are undermining our democracy. So what I love about this network and the Midas Mighty community is that it is made up of short Democrats, Republicans, Yep. Independence, people who are not affiliated with political parties, but fundamentally, I do not ever want to be naive to this MAGA threat and the threat that MAGA poses, an existential one to our democracy. And that's not being hyperbolic at all. That's always the framework that I think we utilize to, to operate you know, here, because even where you have the most, quote unquote, conservative Republican put forth the, quote unquote, toughest border bill and Democrats agree to every aspect of it. And President Biden says, I will sign this into law immediately. And let's also package that with Ukraine and Taiwan. And let's figure this real and let's figure this out together. $20 $20 billion at the, um, you know, $20 billion and also humanitarian aid to $10 billion in humanitarian aid to Gaza, you know, and packaging this together. And then the MAGA Republicans say, no, we're going to kill this bill. If even one immigrant shows up, then the bill isn't tough enough. And then meanwhile, you know, under Trump, it was, you know, thousands a day. And so we're not even having a rational conversation. We're having MAGA for power's sake to try to rip to shreds a a structure here that's democracy, that's, that's worked, and a order through NATO and through alliances that has worked. And that to me is the central frame. I'm, I'm with you on I'm with you on that because I've looked at the bill on how it's written and what it offers, what it will provide. And I don't love every aspect of that bill. Let me be clear about that. However, there's something that Ben was just referring to. It's called compromise. The olden days, you know, when you had like Tip O'Neill, right? You know, they'd fight like fucking dogs on the on the floor, right? But then afterwards, when it's all over, they accomplished things for the American people. They all went out, they had beers together, even though they were just killing each other on the floor because their goal, their goal was to do right for you and for me, the American people. That's not what we have anymore. We have such a divisiveness. There's, su- there's such a... a, a a brick wall. The only wall that Trump actually was successful in building is a wall between Republicans and Democrats where they just won't work with each other for the most part. For the most part. But Cohen, but Cohen, Democrats want to work with, that's the thing. Democrats- understand. You can't work with someone on the other side of the wall who won't even meet with you to discuss it. So, or- to effectuate it, because they did discuss it. They came up with a plan. And that plan, as I said before, was produced by a very 
hawkish Republican when it comes to immigration and border. And you know what? It makes sense for now. It still is going to need massive improvements. Immigration is kind of like the thing that never it it never gets old. It's always evolving. It just keeps growing. And you have to deal with all of the latest issues that immigration produces. And there's a lot of them. But then to put forth a bill that's a Republican, te technically it's a Republican-driven bill that they were successful in getting bipartisan um, you know, agreements on, that the President of the United States said that he would sign into law. All of a sudden, no, no, why? Because Donald Von Schitzenpants says so. Because if in fact that we that he signs that, that's a win for Joe Biden, and it doesn't help Donald Trump in this potential November 2024 election. I want you all just to stop for a quick second and think about how fucked up that is as a concept that your member of Congress, depending upon where you live, assuming it's a Republican, is willing to do that, to sacrifice America. America's problem right now of immigration and border control, simply so that they can try to give a leg up to a guy who has no business being the front runner in the first place, but you may not see it that way, but simply so that you can help a potential candidate in an upcoming election that's 10 months away. I don't know. I have a real problem with that. And anybody that thinks I that that's okay. I'll tell you what I think is effed up as well is that you had the media pushing over and over again all of these Republican talking points. Invasion. Invasion. We are under attack. Invasion. That's all I heard about every day. Invasion. Invasion. We're under attack. Invasion. 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 Okay. So if there's an invasion, that means imminent. That means that we are under assault. Some, you know, and that's what people are believing who are watching that because the media is saying invasion and using all of this language from Republicans. So then the Democrats agree to the solution. Okay, we'll stop what you're saying is an invasion. So here's you get what you want. And then Trump says, you know what? Actually, I want to keep using the line of invasion. In essence, Trump saying, I want to support an invasion of the United States because that's how that's the language they were using. I it don't also want been, to but it also doesn't just affect America. You see, that's the part that how many times you and I have said the same line. If you have a strong America, you have a strong world. If you have a weak America, you have a weak world. Their failure to their failure to put this bill in front of Joe Biden for signature, who does it also affect? It affects Russia, Ukraine. It affects Israel with Hamas, right? It affects China with and Taiwan. And so it doesn't just affect America. That's where these MAGA moron members of Congress make no sense to me because America has to be that stability in the world. We are the stability in the world. It's also why we have the greatest economy in the world. Yeah, you know, but I, I'm accepting for the sake of argument their framing of America being under attack. So we now know that Donald Trump supports America being attacked. He said it. That's why he wants to kill the border bill. And then what does the media immediately do? They just don't give a crap. They just move on to the next one. Oh, there's a report from a former United States attorney appointed by Donald Trump who said bad things about Biden. Front page, let's run with it. Let's run with it. And by the way, I want to confront that. I want to confront this uh, report by the special yes. counsel regarding President Biden, which found he committed no crimes. There's no recommendation for prosecution. I want to talk about that and more when we come back from our first quick break.
Lomi is the only appliance that prevents food waste from stinking up your kitchen and polluting the planet. Now that I've invested in a Lomi, it's changed the way I deal with my food waste. Lomi is the biggest innovation in the modern day kitchen since the dishwasher. Lomi has helped me turn my home into a climate solution. Now I can transform my organic waste into nutrient-rich Lomi earth that I can feed to my plants, lawn or garden instead of sending it to the landfill. I can help the environment and make my life easier. In just four hours, Lomi transforms almost anything you eat into nutrient-rich plant food at the push of a button. It's smart, simple food recycling that fits my space perfectly. Cut the chore of doing the trash in half and eliminate bugs and odors in your kitchen. And here's the bonus. You get to feed your lawn and garden with an all-natural fertilizer that you just created out of your food scraps. All my food scraps, plant clippings, and even those leftovers I forgot in the back of the fridge can go back into my garden, helping me grow more nutritious food at home. I learned that food waste makes up a huge portion of our personal carbon footprint also. By reducing the amount of food I send to landfill, I'm helping to do my part for the planet. Whether you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just grow a beautiful garden. Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash beat and use the promo code beat to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to Lomi.com slash beat, B-E-A-T, and use promo code beat at checkout. Thank you, Lomi, for sponsoring this episode. Real talk. 52% of men over 40 experience some form of erectile dysfunction between the ages of 40 and 70. But it's always been a taboo topic. Thankfully, Hims is changing that by providing affordable access to ED treatment, and it's all online. Hims is changing men's health care by providing access to affordable and discreet sexual health treatments, all from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to clinically proven generic alternatives to Viagra and Cialis up to 95% cheaper. You hear that? 95% cheaper with options as low as $2 per dose. I mean, the process is simple and it's 100% online. No uncomfortable doctor visits. Answer a series of questions on their site and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. And if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and in discreet packaging. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers. So if ED is getting you down, it's time to change that. So start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash beat. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash beat for your personalized ED treatment options. Hims dot com slash beat. Now remember, prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply, so see website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based upon product and subscription plan. Pope, that's really good there, uh, Michael Cohen. That's uh, wow. that, you, you, you go you go all out for the show. You you, yeah. you 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 just you let people you let people know. Yeah, well, listen, it's an exciting topic. You <laughs> it's know, an exciting topic. You confront it. Sure is, and if you have and if you have an issue, hymns hymns is the place to go. <laughs> yeah, and after absolutely. and after you finish and after you finish with your lover and you have a sandwich and you don't finish it, throw it in that loamy. That's how you tie them together, right there. No one, there no, one, no one does it better. Always so you got these. So you got this. Before we went live, the special counsel investigating President Biden's handling of uh, documents. Uh, the report was released. Um, the special counsel was appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland. It was Robert Hur, a former United States attorney, who was appointed by. Donald Trump. What do you now, think? Merrick Garland could have appointed somebody appointed by Obama, 
could have brought in somebody appointed by Biden. There was nothing wrong with that. But he picked somebody who was appointed by Trump to try to create the appearance or to make sure there was no appearance, rather, of any issues. So that's why they picked a, uh, you know, in my view, a Trump-appointed former United States attorney. But again, this is a political person um, who doesn't like Democrats. And ultimately what her found in the report of Biden documents, that there was no crime that was committed by Biden. But uh, this special counsel, her, took shots at Biden and said that Biden's memory was bad and referred to Biden as being elderly. And despite the fact that the report says that Biden committed no crimes at all, of course, the very first thing that the media and everyone rushes to are those kind of poison pills that are in the report. Let me just read for you the statement that was just released by uh, Democratic Congress member Jamie Raskin. It says, today's report shows that the White House, President Biden and his former staff fully cooperated with the special counsel investigation, the White House decision not to exert privilege over any portion of the special counsel's report reflects the president's basic commitment to cooperation and transparency. After a thorough year-long investigation, the special counsel concluded that President Biden retained a small number of records, including notebooks, containing classified information. As the special counsel found, President Biden's conduct, which bears striking resemblances to former Vice President Pence and former President Ronald Reagan's handling of classified information following their terms of office, does not warrant criminal charges. To be clear, and as the special counsel's report explicitly notes, there is plainly no comparison here to the conduct of former President Trump. Trump obstructed efforts by the National Archives and law enforcement to recover hundreds of government documents by deliberately hiding them, lying about their whereabouts, and enlisting others to destroy and conceal evidence. Trump willfully and unlawfully held on to hundreds of presidential and classified records, which he kept in a bathroom, ballroom, office, and other locations at Mar-a-Lago and repeatedly showed them off to guests. A very different approach here, Cohen, to how President Biden handled it and how Donald Trump, there's actually no comparison at all. Biden went by the book, did what you were supposed yeah. to do, and you know offered interviews. Um, and then Donald so, Trump yeah. did the exact opposite. Yeah. So let me say this, you know, to give you the perspective in Donald Trump's mind. See, Donald Trump, if roles were reversed, Donald Trump would never have allowed a special counsel that would that would be Democrat. He wouldn't do it. Why? Because he would fear that even if, in fact, that he was found guilty, that they would be taking pop shots at him. And that's exactly what this special counsel did, which goes to it goes to elucidate what I had said before, which is that this country, Republicans and Democrats, are so divided that even a special counsel can't just put out a report that says there's no there's no crime here. All right. He may have mishandled the document, which clearly he did. He was in possession of documents he shouldn't have, but there was no crime here unlike Trump, which is obstruction of justice. So they have to take pop shots at his age, saying that he's an old man with a with a you know a dissipating memory and so on. What does that sound exactly like to you? If that doesn't sound exactly like the Republican Donald Trump talking points as they can uh, continuously refer to Joe Biden, I'm not sure that there is. He should not, this special counsel should not have included his personal opinions about Joe Biden's health, his cognitive uh, abilities, his memory, etc. He certainly not a psychiatrist. He didn't examine Joe Biden. He's making a statement for the sole purpose of doing exactly, Ben, what you just said was going to happen, that the media is only going to cover the salacious horse shit which, trust me, nobody knows that fucking shit better than I do because that's what happened to me starting from this stupid-ass, uh, what's a uh, steel dossier all the way through Prague and so on. 
This is the problem. All right. It's the problem. The special counsel, despite the fact showing that Joe Biden did not commit a crime and that there would no be that there would be no charges, should actually be reprimanded for those additional lines, those unnecessary lines that he put in there just for a salacious purpose. And here's the thing. I am sick of being gaslighted when I see things and I hear things. I know what's happening because I'm, I'm watching it. I don't need a filter to tell me things that are different than the objective reality that I observe, which is why we play lots of clips here of here's what's happening here, here's what's happening over there, so we can just evaluate it ourselves. And when Donald Trump gives these rallies, speeches, whatever the heck they even are, traveling fascist circus things that he does, we can see that any one of these things would be disqualifying, yet the media acts like another powerful speech when the guy's going a ding, ding, a ding, ding, swoop, a ding, ding, ding. And I'm like, okay, that's not a powerful speech. He's going ding, 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 swoosh, swoosh. So so here's what I want to do. I want to believe what I observe. So let's just do that. Let me show you a clip of Trump and let me show you a clip of Biden. Let's just do that. Ready? Trump, play the But if I'm sitting down and that boat's going down and I'm on top of a battery... And the water starts flooding in. I'm getting concerned. But then I look 10 yards to my left and there's a shark over there. So I have a choice of electrocution or shark. You know what I'm going to take? Electrocution. I will take electrocution every single time. Do we agree? I will take electrocution. Okay, now Biden. Immediately. But if the bill fails, I want to be absolutely clear about something. American people are going to know why it failed. I'll be taking this issue to the country. And the voters are going to know that it's not just a moment. Just at the moment, we're going to secure the border and fund these other programs. Trump and the MAGA Republicans said no, because they're afraid of Donald Trump. (laughs) Afraid of Donald Trump. Every day between now and November, the American people are going to know that the only reason the border is not secure is Donald Trump and his MAGA Republican friends. It's time for Republicans in the Congress to show a little courage, to show a little spine, to make it clear to the American people that you work for them, not for anyone else. I know who I work for. I work for the American people. Donald Trump. played. Uh, These are not muscle guys here. They're muscle guys up here, right? And they calmly walk to a seat. Ding, 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 ding. They've only got 17 seconds to figure this whole thing out, right? Um, okay, missile launch, ping, boom. It's the most un- President Biden, play the clip. Doing nothing is not an option. Republicans have to decide. For years, they said they want to secure the border. Now they have the strongest border bill this country has ever seen. We're seeing statements about how many oppose the bill now. Look, I understand the former president is desperately trying to stop this bill because it's not, he's not interested in solving the border problem. He wants a political issue to run against me. I've all but said that across the board. No one really denies that, that I'm aware of. The American people want a solution that puts an end to the empty political rhetoric, which has failed to do anything for so long. We have to get the resources to the border to get the job done. So Republicans have to decide, who do they serve? Donald Trump or the American people? Now, Donald Trump. And they're proud. They're clapping. They're going crazy. I can't do it, Mama. I can't. Boom. Cohen, you you get the point there. I mean, that is what Trump does in all of his speeches. Each one of them, he starts off, he sings the song of the January 6th choir with the insurrectionist. He goes, uh, uh, mommy, uh, mommy, uh, mommy, a uh, ding, ding, swish, mommy, mommy. You know, and I watch these, Cohen, I watch the, my job is to watch these things. And so I sit there, <laughs> I sit there for whatever they are, 40 minutes, and I'm watching somebody on stage mm-hmm. 
literally do those things. Mommy, mommy, a shark. Ooh, swoosh, doo, doo. And I'm sitting there and I'm going. Is that this is the guy who is the leader of one of the two parties that runs the free world. Hard to imagine. It's If Saturday Night Live did that, they would get an Oscar for the year, but especially for that episode. There's no doubt in my mind because it's fucking brilliant. There's no other way to describe it. It is comical genius. Wow. Oh, yeah, here it comes, right? Mama, 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 right? Donald Von Schitz and Pants. Change me. I mean, this is this is who's going to be the leader of the free world. This is who you want to be negotiating freedom around the globe with the likes of a Putin, a Kim Jong-un, a Xi Jinping, right? An Orban. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, let's let's all just wake up for a second, right? Let's all wake up and turn around and say, enough. Enough is enough is enough. This is the part where I say, if you haven't already registered to vote, do it right now. I don't care if you even leave the episode to do it. Make sure your family, your friends, your colleagues, your neighbors, your postman, I don't care. Just walk around with a shirt that says, make sure you're registered to vote and vote blue. Can you imagine if Smelvis von Schitzen pants over here, a guy who actually is reposting half a day that somebody told him he looks like Elvis Presley, that this is the guy who's going to negotiate peace around the world? How about the fact that he recklessly says, recklessly says, if I was president right now, there would be no wars, right? Because there were none under under his four years, not true, by the way, because he has the ability to not only be, of course, president or king or fuhrer of the United States of America, but also of Israel and of China and of North Korea and so on, right? What what are you going to do? You're going to little rocket man him to death, you dumb fuck? Seriously? What are you? What the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? Does he not understand that every time he opens his mouth about international scenarios and 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 geopolitical issues that all he's doing is empowering those people he's empowering Hamas he does he ever turn around and say if in fact that I was president tomorrow I'd make sure the 100 the 150 hostages that are still being held would be released immediately no 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 he has no idea you know why he has no idea because he doesn't give a shit because that's not what it's about. That's not what that's not what he wants to do. He wants to stop. As a result of this bill, he the border bill, he wants to stop Israel from getting additional financing. He wants to stop Ukraine from getting money and weapons. He wants to stop right now the protection that we have of Taiwan so that China doesn't invade him. Understand that every single country who has an adversary under Trump will be moving in immediately. This is no, there will be war. There will be many more wars and many more devastating wars. And sadly, it will end up causing international issues and potential World War III. I don't know who buys the bullshit every time Trump says he can do something in 24 hours. Just know it's a lie. There was also a significant portion of humanitarian aid for Gaza in the bill as well, which, right. I, which, I, which I also think is, um, which I also think is really, really necessary uh, and worthwhile necessary and critical immediate. right now. Yeah. Um, I, I also want to talk about this Fourteenth Amendment, Section Three, oral argument that occurred before the um, United States Supreme Court earlier in the day. I want to give everybody my predictions, but we covered it live here on the Midas Touch Network. Um, I think there were more people watching it here than un, about the same as C-SPAN, but but right around there. So thank you for everybody who were watching it on the Midas Touch uh, Network. And I've, I've given a hot take or two already about it. So I, I want to talk about what went down there. I also want to talk about Donald Trump's uh, statement after he held a press conference. And 
afterwards, Donald Trump just went out in, in Mar-a-Lago and said, uh, yes, January 6th was an insurrection. At the same time, Trump's lawyer was arguing that it was not an insurrection. <laughs> it was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi. Now, here's the thing, Cohen. That's what Trump said today. Trump said that January 6th was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi. I guarantee you, you will not hear about that on probably any page of the New York Times. You will probably not hear about it on any legacy news, you know, after maybe one little blip, but you will hear all about Biden and in a negative way. And I think that's a deeply problematic, corrosive media environment where that is what is that contrast by itself is something I want to talk about after our last quick break of the show. Ben Micellis here. Breathe some life into your own backyard with FastGrowingTrees.com this spring. From shade to fresh fruit to privacy and natural beauty, let FastGrowingTrees.com help you plant your dream garden with their expert advice and fast, reliable shipping. FastGrowingTrees.com's plant experts curate thousands of easy-to-grow plant, shrub, and tree varieties for your unique climate. Meyer lemons to evergreens and everything in between. Happy plants, happy home, right? But sometimes it's hard to know which plants will do best. No problem, because with FastGrowingTrees.com, you get customized recommendations based on your specific needs. Plus, their plant experts are always available to help keep your plants growing healthy through the season and beyond. No more waiting in long lines and hauling heavy plants around. With FastGrowingTrees.com, you order online and your plants arrive at your door in just a few days. I love Fast Growing Trees because I found the Alberta peach tree I was looking for at a great price, and you will too. And with Fast Growing Trees 30-Day Alive and Thrive guarantee, you know everything will look great fresh out of the box. Join over 1.5 million happy Fast Growing Trees customers. So go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash political now to get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash political. That's fastgrowingtrees.com dot com slash political and now back to the show now back to the show i'm ben yeah. micellis joined by cohen cohen i want to show you this this is what donald trump said at mar-a-lago right after oral arguments completed on the 14th amendment section 3 certiorari uh, grant regarding the colorado supreme court disqualifying trump from the ballot it went to the supreme court oral arguments were held lasted about like 90 minutes or so, maybe a little longer. Um, Donald Trump then goes out in Mar-a-Lago, and this is what Trump says. Play the clip. That's morally responsible for provoking the events of the day. He doesn't say that anymore. So let me just tell you that I heard and I watched, and the one thing I'll say is they kept saying about what I said right after the insurrection. Because I think it was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi. This was an insurrection, if it was an insurrection, which there were no guns, there were no anything except for the fact that they shot Ashley Babbitt. Somebody from at least four shot Ashley Babbitt. So unnecessary, so sad. He says this was an insurrection caused by Nancy Pelosi, which obviously it wasn't. That's obviously a deranged conspiracy. The media won't even talk about that that happened. They'll talk about President Biden the entire day in negative ways. But let me show you what Donald Trump's lawyer said during the oral argument. And I want to give a, you know, a, a thanks to uh, Justice Katanji Brown Jackson, who was appointed by President Biden because she was the only justice today during oral arguments who kept on talking about this. Hello, we're dealing with an insurrection. Mm -hmm. All of the other justices didn't want to acknowledge that this deals with an attempt to overthrow our democracy. They wanted to try to focus on technical ways to try to reverse what the Colorado Supreme Court did, which, by the way, is what I thought they were going to do. That's what we said. You and I both said that. Yep. Here's, here's Trump's lawyer uh, during uh, the oral arguments today saying the exact opposite of what Trump said. Play this clip. 
question. Um, the Colorado Supreme Court concluded that the violent attempts of the petitioner supporters uh, in this case to halt the count uh, on January 6th qualified as an insurrection uh, as defined by Section 3. And I read your opening brief to accept uh, that those events counted as an insurrection. Um, but then your reply seemed to suggest that they were not. So what, what is your position oh, as to that? We, we never accepted or conceded in our opening brief that this was an insurrection. What we said in our opening brief was President Trump did not engage in any act that can plausibly be characterized as insurrection. All right, so why would not this not engage. be an insurrection? What is your argument that it's not? Your reply brief says that it wasn't because I think you say um, it did not involve an organized attempt to overthrow right. the government. So That's one of many reasons. But for an insurrection, there needs to be an organized, concerted effort to overthrow the government of the United States through violence. And this and so the point occurred. is that a chaotic effort to overthrow the government is not an insurrection? No, we didn't concede that it's an effort to overthrow the government either, Justice Jackson. Right? None of these criteria were met. This was a riot. It was not an insurrection. The events were shameful, criminal, violent, all of those things, but it did not qualify as insurrection as that term is used in Section 3. Thank you. Because, thanks. Thank you, Colin. And then Trump goes out and says it's an insurrection. Okay, so... Anytime that you see accordion hands going on, you have to understand that dumb shit, Donald, is fucking lying, which is why his hands are constantly going like this. And it's like, well, yeah, it could be an insurrection, but it's, I mean, it's an insurrection by Nancy Pelosi, but it's not an insurrection. And then you get somebody trying to interrupt you. He's like, excuse me, excuse me, allow me to finish ejaculating on that statement. And you know, and all of a sudden, and it is, but it's not. And then poor Ashley Babbitt, if I'm not mistaken, didn't Ashley Babbitt's family ask him to keep her name out of his mouth? Because no. I know that at one point in no, time, no, no, they no, did. They're, 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 they're equally. Uh, no, I Trump think one time they turned around and they said, please stop talking, you know, about her. Uh, and, and so yeah. I, I don't know why I, I, if I find it, I'll, I'll send it to you just to show you. But either way, the whole yeah. thing is so fucking stupid. It's really, it's, it's shameful. The whole thing is shameful. It's all about him now turning around and using this to fundraise. Do you know, while this two hour Supreme Court scenario was ongoing, Ben, I received about a half a dozen Patriot, they're coming after our ability to be on the ballot. Send me 50 bucks. You know, then you get it from the next guy that says, are you watching what they're doing to Donald Trump? I mean, I have never seen anything like it. It is truly, it is truly the greatest grift, as Donald said it would be in 2015 when he was deciding to run. This is going to be the greatest political infomercial in the history of America. He has now changed it to this is the greatest grift in the history of politics ever in any country, any at any point in time in history. Could you imagine if President Biden grifted hundreds of thousands of dollars and then Dr. Jill Biden used that for a hairstylist being paid $18,000 a month. Just And I know there's a broader issue here. Donald Trump spending $60 million grifting off of supporters for legal fees, paying Walty Nauta, his co-defendant, nearly $300,000, paying $1.7 million of donor money to his private jet. But, you know, any you go back to what Trump was saying before. If Biden went on stage and said he'd rather be electrocuted than eaten by a shark, he goes, uh, mommy, mommy, mommy. You know, you do that. Like any one of these things would be absolutely disqualifying. And by the way, probably for me, I'd probably watch it and go, oh, oh my gosh. But if Biden was up there giving a speech and went, mommy. I would say, oh, what the hell is going on? Bring me, which is great, bring, which is great. Bring, because you bring, also bring saw me somebody it. else. What the right? hell is going you, on? And then you see Donald Trump saying, "Oh, you know, I want to debate Joe Biden," and everybody's saying, "Uh, it would be terrible if if Trump uh, debates Joe Biden because Joe Biden, you know, is not quick on his feet, and unless there's a teleprompter in front of him, really, really, we just watched the clips." of Joe Biden, you know, freestyling 
empathy and love and compassion and American values and, you know, democracy. And then what do you get when Donald Trump freestyles? Bing, bang, zoom, to the moon. Bing, 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 bang, bang, help me. That's what you get. You get these nonsensical erection. I mean, that's what you get from from Donald Trump. Let me be very clear. The Donald Trump that I see on television is not the Donald Trump I sat across <laughs> from, you know, uh, eight years ago, five years. You know, I'm telling you right off the bat, there has been a downward slide of this guy's cognitive ability. Very significant. Look, I am confident, unfortunately, after watching that Supreme Court oral argument, they are going to reverse what the Colorado Supreme Court did. They will allow Donald Trump to be on the ballot. I suspect the final uh, vote will be either eight to one reversing yeah, Colorado, uh, you know, or seven to Katanji Brown Jackson could go either way. Yeah, I, I don't, nine zero wouldn't surprise me. Seven and by the two, way, by the way, okay, okay, let's beat his ass at the polls. All right, that's really where you should, because I understand the argument that they're trying to make. It's never been happened before in American history that a president is an insurrectionist, that a president tried to overthrow yeah. a free and fair election. So their feeling is, oh my, if we allow this to happen, any one state in the future can then go ahead and they could interfere in a free and fair election and they could stop someone from being on the ballot, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I, I get it. I don't get it, but I do get it. Either way, let's just beat his fat ass at the fucking polls where we send him and the other magas off running. Drop this Trumpism, this fascism, and come back to normalcy. Otherwise. I'll be I'll be honest with you. I don't see America lasting. I agree with you. And that's why, by the way, your analysis right there, you, you pretty much broke down what the Supreme Court said as clear and concise as I've heard it, uh, you know, anywhere. It was this kind of slippery slope argument. Well, if Colorado can do this to Trump, then could Texas do this to Biden and could Florida do this? And fundamentally, what they weren't addressing, and I, I think being candid, the lawyers could have done a better job here as well and said, this was an insurrection. All of the other things that you're talking about, if Texas were to disqualify Biden because of a manufactured, clearly manufactured crisis now, because Trump's literally manufacturing it, you know, of, of trying to say, you know, the border's this or this policy's that, or, or you're making, you know, this decision, that's not an insurrection. And I just think that when the drafters of uh, the 14th Amendment, Section 3, were putting it together, the kind of the way the Supreme Court once defined obscenity, you'd know it when you see it. Yep. I think post-Civil War, that's how the writers of that uh, provision in the Constitution thought of it, that how could there be different under, we've just went through the Civil War, how could there be a different understanding of what an insurrection is? And there was that moment right after the insurrection where by and large, we came together as a country until Kevin McCarthy ran over to Mar-a-Lago and Trump kept on pushing the big lie. And the Republicans and MAGA Republicans, most of them, said, we're just going to go on with the lie and say that this wasn't an insurrection. So then it becomes what it shouldn't be, a political issue. And that, to me, is what permeated the Supreme Court. They were acting like, oh, this is just some other issue. Oh, you know, immigration, insurrection, trade, economy. It's like, no, no, no insurrection. They're trying to overthrow democracy. We all saw it. And I think there could have been a little bit more of an effective way of bringing that point up from the lawyering side. But the reality is, is that you and I said this on a few shows ago, the Supreme Court would try to find some technical way to avoid disqualifying Donald Trump from the ballot. Now, this does not impact the absolute presidential immunity issues, totally nope. separate thing. And there, I do not think the Supreme Court will find that Trump has absolute presidential immunity. I think Trump will wind up losing that and losing that one big 
but Cohen and I try to give as realistic predictions and assessments. I don't don't even believe that the Supreme Court's going to take Hmm. that case. Um, I think they'll reject the writ of certiorari on that one because it's not a constitutional issue that they even have to. I think that that 56 or 58 page um, D.C. uh, Court of Appeals uh, decision was so spot on. They'll just turn around and say, no, you know, where with that? I don't think we even get to this. Yeah, my opinion. I'm I'm. I haven't fully formulated that view yet, but I'm thinking through it. You know, and one of the reasons I'm not is, you know, special counsel Jack Smith sought at an emergency basis that they hear this before the D.C. Circuit expedited it. So in my own mind, I'm thinking it'll be a little tough for Jack Smith to now even try to argue. I thought it was an emergency before that you rule. Now I don't think it's an emergency that you rule. So uh, I'm, I'm, I want to let people know that there is a deliberative process going on here before I get there. Cohen, two-finger salute. Who does it go to today? Yeah, two-finger salute has to go to Marjorie Toilet Green and uh, pedo Matt Gates. You know, first of all, these two assholes, the, t- the only other person that you needed to join that group is Lauren Boebert, who, you know, thinks the insurrection is what she gave the guy when she was whacking him over at that Beetlejuice show. They're, they're so fucking stupid that it's scary. The fact that they think they could pass a resolution that exonerates Trump, that makes a, makes a determination on the record that he is not an insurrectionist based upon no evidence, no facts, no hearings, no nothing. Just the fact that they want to pass a resolution, to me, just goes to show the level of stupidity on the Republican side. And for that, they they have no I have no choice but to award them this, you know, this episode's two fingers salute. Fucking stupid. Wake the fuck up, you idiots already. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. You're playing with everybody's lives. You're playing with American democracy. Bullshit. You don't think it's an insurrection. Of course you do but it doesn't feed to your narrative so that you can go to your constituents and grift more money from them. Politics and money need to be separated. You know, when I was in Otisville, I read this book called Dark Money. It is a perfect analysis of what of what's feeding government today. It's not about doing better for you and for me and for the country and for the world. It's doing better for them. That's all they care about in the attempt to go ahead and to make this into a a House resolution that Donald Trump is an insurrection. Fuck you already. Enough. I'll give this disclaimer on Matt Gates. He was accused of engaging in conduct with someone who was underage. The Department of Justice never ended up prosecuting Matt Gates. Nonetheless, there is a bipartisan ethics investigation currently taking place in Congress, which is, uh, I believe, being supported by Kevin McCarthy um, and others. So we will keep you updated on what uh, that bipartisan ethics committee finds. But as of now, there has been no finding. Uh, and I acknowledge that. That's true. I, should, I shouldn't call him a pedo. I would ju- just call him a pervert. Well, you know there are accusations, and so I just wanted to clarify the status of the uh, the status of the investigation. You have some of his colleagues talk about though how he uh, would chew erectile dysfunction. He got him from him. Uh, I'm not sure if he did or not, but <laughs> but he would you know, he would the, his, his colleagues would say he would chew it in the House floor and then brag about uh, sex and other things on the House floor. As, as I said, Cohen, in another context, like if you behaved the way that the that these magas do, these Magadonians do, you you would not be able to work in any other job in America. And I'm talking about a small business, medium-sized, large corporation, nonprofit. In fact, you probably would get kicked out very quickly from social gatherings, a fantasy football league, you know, a arts and crafts club. A you know, if, if you behaved like that, you'd be like, can you get this kick this person out? Like, who talks like that? Who writes like that? Who harasses you know other employees like that? That's just the way of day-to-day life for these Magadonians, and and it's not normal. But there are, look, I I do my best to have these conversations with kind of mainstream Republicans and independents and find ways that we could, you know, 
uh, unite and and find commonalities, which I think is uh, in, in, which I think is important. Anyway, great show, everybody. Make sure you sign up for the Midas Touch newsletter, MidasTouch.com/newsletter. Also, make sure you there it is right there, MidasTouch.com/newsletter. Also, make sure you check out Michael Cohen's other podcast, Maya Culpa. It's the blue Maya Culpa. Make sure you sign up wherever audio podcasts are available. It's here on the Midas Touch Network. That is the Maya Culpa audio podcast. Now. It's the blue one and leave a five-star review there. We do our after show, after the show, after the party. It's the after party patreon.com slash political beatdown. We're going to do an after show right now. It's a exclusive podcast for our Patreon members. We don't have outside investors at the Minus Touch Network. So the way we try to build these shows and programming is through things like Patreon. That's one of the ways we do it. Patreon.com slash political beatdown. Let's do the after show right now. Thank you, all the beatdown brigaders. Head up, chin up. We're We're good. I want to let you know that I'm confident in this community. You know, there's going to be up days, down days, you know, this day. Let's just stay the path. Stay calm. We're in this together. We're grateful for you. We'll be here with you throughout the whole process. So don't you worry. Hit subscribe on the YouTube channel. Let's get to 3 million subscribers. Have a good one, everyone. And shout out to the Midas Mighty.